This is Scary Movie Fright Night, a new podcast about two guys who just watch scary movies. <gasps> I'm Chris, and I love scary movies. And I'm Sam, and I hate scary movies. My body just shook. Give me the heebie <laughs> No, don't. All you have to do is stay inside in your bed, and then you won't get murdered. Welcome back, Friday Night Friends, to Scary Movie Friday Night's season wrap-up bonus episode and the first annual Scary Movie Friday Night Award Ceremony. It's going to be exciting. Sam has survived the excitement and the horror-filled 13-episode season, uh, so we're going to reflect on it a little bit, discuss it, and then, you know, give out some uh, deserving awards for all the hard work that these movies did this season. For the listeners, you can't see us, but you know, you'll know you see it in some of the reels we post and whatnot, but Sam and I dressed up a little bit. Got our bow ties. We're both in our, we're both in our bow ties. Yes. I'm wearing a little vest. Mm-hmm. I have a freshly shaven head. I'm just kidding, but it looks like it because I'm always bald. Um, and to celebrate the occasion, we have a couple champagne flutes here uh, that we're going to pour a nice little non-alcoholic sparkling water Ooh. into. Ooh, yeah, you little, hear that sound? Uh, a little fizz there. <laughs> Yep, get our uh, our sparkling water beverage. Oh, that's can good. you hear it? I, I can hear it. Hopefully, it sounds it. like a champagne flute and not like a toilet. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my uh, my spin drift actually almost looks like <gasps> it does. It does. It looks like extra bubbly champagne. My line Lacroix so, just so, looks like sparkling water. <laughs> water. Yeah. Well, that's your mo. Uh, but <laughs> you know, cheers to you, Sam. Here's to making it this far. And not spilling your sparkling water on yourself. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we'll see if that lasts. And I would like to cheers to you for being... Oh, okay, to me. This is nice. The best co-host of Scary Movie Friday Night and for inviting me along on this journey. You challenged me, it, you know, and here we are today. And here we are. <laughs> to me. To you! Not to be, you know egocentric or, or whatever. No, that's that the, the point. Right that's what happens when somebody toasts you. You have to be egocentric. Well, okay, okay. I will say, when you first pitched this idea for us to do this scary movie fright night podcast together, I thought, why? I thought you were going to say, hell no. Well, that is what my gut told me to say, because I thought, why would I do a podcast for a genre that I dislike and know nothing about? End of story. No, just kidding. But then, End of story. then I was and like, then you were like, sure. I was like, actually, that is the point. That would That's what would make it fun i think is to go on the adventure and to try the new thing and to do the thing that i think i wouldn't like anyway and just see how it goes and i'm so glad that i did and that's what i guess we have a lot more to talk about there but that's where i want to start yeah i uh yeah like like i mentioned i had the idea and i was like oh sam's not gonna go for this but it's a really easy you know, a way to do a podcast. It lets me watch scary movies, which I don't really get a chance to do. So it gives me a force. It's a forcing factor, right? A forcing function to make me sit down and watch movies um, that, that I just, you know, I enjoy, but I never watch. And so I was like, Hey, I got this idea. And you were like, you paused for a second, you were contemplating. And then you said, sure. And I said, can, I was like, can you sign a contract? Because (laughs) uh, before you change your mind? Well, I guess a couple of things I like about this one I really like learning new things, so it's fun to just mm-hmm. explore something different, a, a new genre. 
And secondly, I think it's it's fun to do something that brings you so much joy. So even though at the beginning I'm thinking like, oh, I'm not going to really enjoy watching these scary movies, but I still, because we're spending quality time together and I get to see the way how much you enjoy it, that brings me joy. Mm -hmm. And actually, as I'm sure you've heard in some of these episodes, the plot twist is that I also enjoyed quite a few of these movies and almost all of them. Almost all of them. And I actually really appreciated the craft behind making these films. So I'm glad that I signed up for this. And I'm actually I'm I'm very excited about the fun awards that we have to give out tonight. But I'm also looking forward to doing it again in season two. Me too. Make it bigger, make it better, or make it the samer. Either way, it's gonna be a fun <laughs> uh follow-up. Yeah. So without further ado, because we have some awards to give out, and so we gotta gotta keep this show uh, moving along. Um, let's go ahead and recap the season, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so we started out with episode one, Candyman, which, for the record, your uncalibrated Sam uh, scary meter, <laughs> you had no nothing to go off of um, besides Bambi being a ten from your memory, um, but but you gave Candyman a seven, and that was the first episode. We followed yeah. that up with Cabin in the Woods, which you gave a three, which I think, you know, is pretty agreeable from one to the next. Followed by M3 again, which was the only movie that had a uh, didn't have a, a, a distinct rating, but it was a one or two. Um, yes. You know, so one or two ish. And then followed by The Shining, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, which you gave a four. Evil Dead Rise, we went and saw in theaters. You gave that a six out of ten. Followed by High Life, which left you feeling disturbed and lonely and and just like sad sad and disparous that's probably not a word but that you gave an eight so that was the highest one to that day or yep. date yeah uh followed by nightmare on elm street good fun old 80s flick uh which you gave a three out of ten and then we went to another a24 film midsomar which you gave a nine out of ten uh we followed that up again with kind of like a uh, while scary themed, more of a dramatic movie in Train to Busan, which you gave a two. Mm-hmm. And then Carrie, which was another eight. So that tied with High Life, you know, in second place. Uh, and this is where it starts to get interesting because at this point, I started to say to myself, man, how do we scare Sam? Because every high <laughs> rating he's gotten has been purely based off of the emotional impact of the movie. Right. And then, then we had a, pit- a pivotal moment and we hit paranormal horror and watch the conjuring and that one you gave a solid 10 out of 10 didn't know we'd find it this season um but that one was a 10 then we watched the witch seven out of 10 and then you know the last one was literally like drawn out of a hat because that's actually what we did and by process of elimination um you picked from seven movies we hadn't seen and you watched paranormal activity and that one you gave an 11 out of 10 because it was scary as shit and scarier than The Conjuring. I think it's pretty cool how the scariness meter went from like starting kind of mid and then it dropped. I mean, it kind of went mm-hmm. up and down throughout the season, but we almost peaked at that 10, those like nines yep. and tens towards the end of the season. And yeah. then we really peaked in the very last episode, which was kind of unplanned and unexpected because it was totally random. That choice yeah, for it was that completely movie, random. Completely random. Kind of cool how it, yeah, how it turned and, out. And I don't know, obviously there's no way to tell and we'll never know until we watch all of the other movies, but I don't 
I'm curious, you know, I, I the, the fact that completely at random you picked the one that would top the conjuring. So it is pretty cool the way that the, the season kind of worked out. And some of it I can say is, you know, by design of trying to order the themes in such a way that, you know, if you're offered a lot of old movies, then let's do something more modern and then trying to like make it diversified. Yeah. There's a little bit of craft to it, but to be honest, I can't take that much credit because neither of us really knew what would scare you, you know, right. in the beginning. We were just right. kind of like playing it I've by always, ear. And I've always avoided it. I've never yeah, like and, indulged the fear. Yeah. And at the halfway point, give or take, Evil Dead Rise, I was kind of, I was like, I, I don't think he's ever going to find anything scary. <laughs> just because not <laughs> that we right. watched anything particularly scary, but yeah. but it was just kind of like, what's what's his thing? What's it going to be? What is um, it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We came out of the theaters watching Evil Dead Rise, and I almost felt like I was afraid of letting you down because I felt like we were searching for that yeah. coveted 9 or 10, and I was like, I thought that was going to be it because of the hype. And don't get me wrong, I loved the movie. In fact, it bears repeating yeah. that this is the scary scale. So it's like, it's like trying to judge hot wings and trying to figure out which ones are the hottest. So the yeah. things, the nine, nines and tens and elevens, those were just like truly the scariest. But mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that the ones and the twos and the threes weren't good movies and fun to watch. Like I would definitely recommend Train to Busan, even though it was only yep. a two on the scary scale. And well, on that note, right? And you gave recommendations for every one. And so you actually recommended every movie this season except for two. One oh, was High Life. Yeah, High okay. Life, you were like, don't watch it yeah. ever. Yeah. Just forget it exists. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no. I'd rather well, jump no, into I mean, a black hole than watch that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other one was Paranormal Activity. You were like, if you're not ready for it, don't watch it. So like, even though you watched it, you were like, this is the hottest chicken wing. I survived it. It was hot as F. But don't I don't want there. you to go through this pain. Yeah, you're not yeah. ready for this. Yet. Yeah, I'm glad we didn't start the season there either. I'm, the journey that we went on sort of up and down this scale. Yeah. And it was you did a really nice job of bringing a mix of different types of scary movies from different eras and different styles. Like that was pretty cool to see just the variety. I mean, scary movie. That's such a broad category. When people say, it really is. I don't like scary movies. That's like saying, I don't like asian cuisine like what there's so right. many options there's, there's so, so much, much diversity like you have to yeah. explore it a little bit and figure out what you do like what you don't like what you really are scared of what you think is fun or funny like you know it's been a journey and i'm I'm glad that we're on it well and it's kind of funny um i mean i obviously am as well uh <laughs> and but it's funny because we started the season and you you called me like a horror aficionado and and our opening you know says and i love scary movies which is true um, yeah. but this was very educational for me as well because I've never had to like put scary movies into a theme and put them into a box and assess them based off of any criteria. It's just like, Oh, it's a scary movie. I'll watch it. Okay. That was fine. And then I go on to another one. I've never had to kind of really do analysis on the movie I watch. Yeah. I'll just kind of remember and be like, Oh, I remember that movie was good. Um, and so kind of digging into some of the background or you bringing in some of the trivia Right. Stuff that we didn't know, even stuff like Evil Dead, which I've known that genre and the and the Nightmare on Elm Street like series and not knowing that Sam Raimi and Wes Craven had this like tennis hitting the ball back and forth in their movies where they were given Easter eggs back and forth. Like so some of that's just been fun and cool. educational. And it makes me feel a little more like an actual aficionado because now I actually know <laughs> some stuff. Yeah. But we barely yeah. but we barely scraped the surface. Right. There's so yeah. I mean, I have a running list that is not even close to complete and 
you know, it's going to be like 500 seasons from now before we ever hit all the movies. But, you know, we'll we'll be here for it. I don't know if we'll hit all of the scary movies in all of history, um, but we'll, <laughs> we'll give not. it our best shot. So yeah. let me ask you this. Now that we have the scary scale, and I really mm-hmm. appreciate you saying that when I had to rank Candyman and Cabin in the Woods, you know, the first couple episodes, it was really challenging because I didn't really know how it compared against everything else. It was kind of right. best best guess, best educated guess. But now that we have everything kind of situated on scale, is there anything that you look at and you're like, that is totally in the wrong place. That doesn't make any sense. Why is that there? Well, I mean, it is your scale. Um, but, you know, I think that overall, I think most of the time, I pretty much agreed. I think I pretty much agreed. We, I 100% agreed with where Paranormal Activity and The Conjuring laid out, especially for the season. You know, I'm a little rusty on scary movies, but The Conjuring with, the conjuring with the jump scares in the first half, as we kind of discussed last season, or last episode, comparing mm-hmm. it to Paranormal Activity. And Paranormal Activity definitely won the season at 11. Mm-hmm. I think I think it was pretty accurate. I think the um, the ones that leave behind the strong emotions, I would never have rated as high. So like High, okay. high Life left you feeling desperate, but I had never considered that as part of the horror genre. It is. I mean, there's a reason that isolation horror, and there's a reason that movie is space horror because yeah. of the feelings it, it uh, leaves behind. Um, just like Midsommar is a horror movie. It's a folk horror movie. Yeah. Um, and there's obviously horror aspects, definitely in the opening sequence. And then Mr. Lungman hanging out in the barn or whatever. <laughs> right. whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't know that I would have ever rated Midsommar 9. You know, would, you I don't know. Lower with that one? Yeah. Um, I probably would have rated him, you know, because it didn't leave a, it, like it was kind of disturbing, kind of uncomfortable. There were definitely some graphic imagery. The yeah. beginning was harsh. It was weird, twisty. The beginning. Uh, Remember the beginning? The beginning. The beginning alone, I mean, was pretty horrific. Yeah. It's hard It's hard for me to go back and say where I would put that, though. Because, again, this is your scale. So That's more fair. importantly, now that you know what you know, is there anything that you would, you know, if you had one chance to, like, to, to recalibrate your scale, would you change any of your ratings? I don't... I don't know that I would change anything. I mean, saying like moving something from a seven to an eight or an eight to a seven feels like what what kind of what's the difference. But when I look at the scale, when I look at the scale, the movies toward the bottom are look like they have more humor in them, more emotion, maybe like you're thinking about Train to Busan and Megan, Mm -hmm. uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Cabin in the Woods. I think it's also important to remember the context of the movie, like when the time, like when it was released, how old is it? And what was the nature of the fear or the horror or whatever, when it was released compared to now. So like nightmare on Elm street, (laughs) Elm street, nightmare on Elm street, for example, just felt like pretty low because just the time that's gone by since that movie was created. Then you have like the middle of the pack, which for me was like The Shining, Evil Dead Rise, The Witch, kind, The Witch Tied with Candyman. But mm-hmm. like, you know, those had, you know, they were less funny, less silly. Although Evil Dead Rise did have some pretty funny parts in it. Yeah, but I mean, it there had was, some campiness. Yeah. And then so as you mentioned, the category, like the carry, the high life, the Midsommar, part of what plays into the fear for me is the psychological fear of being alone right. or being you know, disrespected or mistreated, you know, the, the feelings of isolation that Carrie experiences mm-hmm. that, um, Danny and Midsommar experiences. Uh, yeah. And then, and then the tippy top of the chart were those paranormal experiences, which you, if you had asked me in the beginning, what I would have found the scariest, 
I don't know that I would have been able to articulate that the ghost situation, the demon situation would have like was going to be it really freaked me out. Yeah. But I mean, when I think back to when we first started and I told you the scariest movie I'd ever seen was probably The Ring. Mm-hmm. That kind of falls into this paranormal activity, this paranormal category, doesn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's, it is. Yeah, so it, and it's it very sense. similar because there's a lot that you don't really see. Yeah, um, they actually do a good job in the ring. Not that we watched it right, or that I've seen it in quite a while, but but the imagery is in such a way that they tweak the imagery so that even when you see stuff, it's not normal. You know, her movements and some of that that allows you to kind of be creeped out because you don't really ever see like her face until, you know, later on in the movie and stuff like that. You just kind of get these like glimpses. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think I think what we established talking about the conjuring and paranormal activity is that sometimes what is the scariest is that which you cannot see. And when. Yeah your brain starts filling in the blanks of anticipation mm-hmm. of what might be there. It sort of takes over and it's like, you're not relying on the, the movie to make you scared. Your own brain like turns against you and starts yeah. freaking yourself out. Well, and it's very individual, right? And cause again, and, and, and so this kind of goes back to what you were saying about those movies that left you with those feelings. They hit you harder and left more of an impact on you than they did me but then something like The Shining, not super scary. Now, part of it's nostalgia, but I'm just kind of in it with the score enveloped into the idea of it. And even though it's 1980, I might have rated it. Maybe I would have rated it for. I don't know. Uh, I, <laughs> at this point, I'm not sure. But I might have rated it higher. Maybe not uh, in comparison. Um, so everything I just said is useless. I just basically well, said maybe I would have done something, but but it is very individual. <laughs> Um, Maybe next season we should start a Chris scary scale scale scary Chris's scary scale of scariness, whatever uh, it's called. And but we could do it like I'd be really curious if we both showed up with a number in mind and we don't tell yeah. each other what it is, so we're not influenced uh, by each other's thoughts. And then we see where we're aligned and where we're like way that's true. off. That's true. That's a good point. I would also. I wonder how. Well, we we could find out, but I wonder if I because I'm kind of like, is it scary or is it not scary? And so the in between, I think I would be like, uh, it's a five or is it a six? Maybe it's a seven or it might be a four, but it could be yeah. a six. But maybe it's a five. Um, and then I would average four plus five plus six plus eight. And I would divide it by four. <laughs> start, anyway, no, I'm just start kidding. saying how many times did I get jump scared and how many? Yeah, yeah I would have to count. I'm a little hyper uh, analytical, <laughs> analytical in case you don't know me. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, I it's know fine. You. Yeah. And I'm just um, like, mm, I don't know. It's an eight. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, it's fine. Uh, you're like, it was funny when I saw images of her putting her vagina juice in the lemonade. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> that actually was really funny. And listen, wait, I have to tell you something. So uh, maybe we could give a quick shout out to a, a, This is another, another podcast I've been listening to, which is uh, Too Scary Didn't Watch. Yeah. And these, it's four, sorry, three women. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, I don't know their names off the top of my head. But they have been doing a very similar concept to this show where they do, uh, like, they break down a scary movie every episode. They just hit their 200th episode. Their yeah. first episode was Midsommar. Well, at the time of recording this, they just hit their 200th episode, yeah. True. Yeah, some time will have gone by by the time you hear this. But they, their very first episode was Midsommar, Midsummer, however we say mm-hmm. it. And the, for their 200th episode, they revisited Midsommar. Yeah. And, and they also I, thought it was funny. Yes, uh, yes. They kept naming maybe all the funny things that happened in the movie. 
You know what's funny is I wonder if it's because I have a weird thing about like, so when I'm like really full and you talk about food, I'm just like, oh, just don't talk about food. Or if like I know something doesn't agree with me, yeah. uh, then and you talk about something like that, it immediately makes me kind of feel that way. So I wonder if it's like in that moment, I'm like imagining myself drinking vagina juice lemonade, <laughs> like not but not consciously. Right. I'm not just like, hmm, what does that mm, taste like? No, delicious. but like, but there's some sort of subconscious thing with the food. Yeah. That I'm just like, I don't know. I, I can't just explain happened. it. Well, I yeah. think people have different senses of humor. And yeah. like, I don't know, maybe I have a twisted sense of humor. But I just thought that yeah. I thought that the notion of some of the things in the movie were just so silly. And I remember yeah. reading about Ari Aster, the director, writer and director yeah. of Midsommar, talking about there is an element of silliness to it. Like right. when they are performing the ritual, the at a stupa, or how do you say it? When they, the guy yeah. jumps off the cliff. With and the hammer. Yeah. Bang his head in with a hammer. And like, they smash his head like three or four times. And it's mm -hmm. like, he's clearly, he's done. He is dead after hit number one. Yeah. But it was the ridiculousness of the situation where they're like, well, this is our ritual. And he gets three hits to the head. So we just yeah. do it anyway. You know, like well, that is just so absurd. I found it. I mean, that part was disturbing. I don't know if I was laughing necessarily, but there was a right. hint. There was a little hint of like, oh, I kind of see the ridiculousness of, that, right. of this. Well, that it's like almost funny. And to be honest, though, there's a pretty thin line when you think about it between ridiculous and absurd and mm. kind of humorous. Yeah. And like, there's a thin line between all of that. Yeah. I don't laugh a ton. I usually am trying to invoke laughter in others, uh, which works about, you know, 20 percent of the time. Um, but say 25. Uh, OK, well, we'll average it at 23 and a half. Uh, no, okay. but. Uh, but so I think that we probably feel the same way, but we use different descriptors because I, I see what, you, and so I think a lot of this is just semantics. I think it's, you know, the sure. way you conceptualize the definition of, of what you saw versus me thinking also very ridiculous, ridiculous, over the top, kind of absurd, but then I overanalyze it. And I think I talked about this in the Midsommar episode. In that moment, as soon as I realize it's ridiculous that they're hammering it, I'm then like down the road subconsciously of like human behavior and doing things to just to do them because it's part of a thing and it's not conscious thought and like not no thought to why are we doing this and then it ties that into humanity and how yeah and so i very quickly oh, take it on very a, like philosophical analytical i do and well yeah. it's funny is i don't even think most of that's conscious but i think that mm. there will be times that i'll be in conversation that, and i don't know if i've actually done this with you but i will be talking about something and there'll be a quick pause and then I will talk about something completely different. And so I've gotten in the habit now, particularly with Shelly, is that I will be like, by the way, this is how I got there because it's connected. Oh, and I will walk through thinking about this, which brought up this <laughs> in my mind, which thought about this, which got to this, which actually brought that up. And so they're actually completely related in that path, but I have a bit of a rabbit hole brain. So maybe that's the reason why, or maybe not. Maybe that's I just, you know, <laughs> who <fair>. knows? <laughs> I'm tracking. I'm following along. I'm not well, lost. That's good. At yeah. least someone is. At least yeah. someone is. Not yet. Not yet. Um, well, maybe we should uh, start introducing our awards. Oh, well, I guess, is there anything else to wrap up the season? You know, uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. We didn't watch that movie, but maybe uh, we did not. But, you know, two. maybe in season two. I'm just really excited. I'm really excited about the award categories. <laughs> this uh this these awards it's gonna be super fun we're really excited we dressed up for it we're you know drinking sparkling water out of champagne flutes but now for the moment you've all been waiting for or at least that we've been waiting for scary movie fright night season one awards show 
featuring your hosts, Chris and Sam. And special guest, no one, because no one showed up as our special guest, but it's fine. Uh, Freddy Krueger's here. He just Wait, doesn't have a speaking Our listener role, is huh? here. You're here. Our listener yeah, is our special guest. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're in the audience. Oh, oh, you're sitting in the audience. That's right. They're in the audience. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we're glad you're uh, here. <laughs> yeah, thank you for being here. Uh, if you weren't, then we'd just be talking to ourselves. Um, <laughs> so many of these movies that we're going to mention, right? Uh, the scenes, the characters, they worked very hard to bring both you and us some of the best podcasts content ever this season and for that we're going to show our appreciation so if you're ready sam uh then i'll go ahead and start with the first category i am ready let's do this okay so the first category for the award is best meal in a horror film and the nominees are bloody scrambled eggs evil dead rise meat pie and pink lemonade midsommar and Giant can of fruit cocktail, The Shining. Sam, what do, what are your thoughts about the nominees? Oh, what a good pool of nominees! So, I remember sitting in the theater watching. I think Ellie is her name, the the first yeah. person to get possessed in Evil Dead Rise, and this is before the family has realized. I mean, they know something's up, but they don't mm. realize that she is dangerous because they're standing behind her, watching her in the kitchen while she cranks up a frying pan on the stove, full heat, takes out a dozen eggs, and just starts throwing the eggs one at a time into the pan, not cracking them, just full, a whole egg thrown into the pan. And we're watching this scene. You're sitting to my right, Zach, my partner, sitting to my left, and he leans over and he says, that looks like you cooking scrambled eggs. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, well, this movie isn't scary anymore because now it's just funny. Yeah. Uh, but so that's our first nominee meat pie and pink lemonade and Midsommar. We already referenced this a little bit, but if you missed the Midsommar episode, shame on you, you should go back and watch it. But there was a, uh, 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 oh yeah, listen, don't watch it. Listen, <laughs> uh, there was a ritual scene where, um, the women in this cult were tr- in order to get pregnant, they would do this ritual of putting period blood into the lemonade. Is that right? No, into the, yes, into the lemonade. Yeah, 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 into the lemonade, and, yeah. And a pubic hair into the pie. Or a, or a clipping of, because there's probably a, more than one, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Uh, in order to, I don't know, get the man to fall in love with you to then go and get, yeah. there was some- Mesmerize him and- Magic And you'd be happy forever and there. he'd be- Yes, He'd yes. be ensorcelled by your- By your magic. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that was Midsommar, and we all you know heard how that turned out. Yeah. And then lastly, in The Shining, uh, Chris and I, I think we spent a good forty five minutes talking about everything that was in the pantry in the hotel in The Shining yeah. because yeah. old Jack Torrance spends a lot of time locked in the pantry, and we it just couldn't true. help but notice our traditional like nineteen eighty fruit cocktail that we all yeah. knew and loved as children. So those are our nominees. I mean, I didn't, but but we recognize it. Oh, you didn't have fruit. You didn't have that fruit fruit uh, cocktail. I don't love it. It's like pears and grapes. I mean, I, and... I probably had it, but I didn't love it. Would you rather have the giant can of fruit cocktail or meat pie and pink lemonade? <laughs> mm, probably. Okay, I'll eat the fruit cocktail. I almost said meat pie and lemonade, but then I was like, nah, not yet. I'll eat the not fruit yet. cocktail. Yeah. yeah, I'll eat the fruit cocktail too. Yeah, she was gonna feed her whole family on one giant can of fruit cocktail for three people. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh so after that summary, are you ready to hear who the winner is? Yes. 
The yes. award goes to Meat Pie and Pink Lemonade Midsomar. Oh, congratulations. No one's here to accept or give us a speech, and I'm not going to do it on their behalf. But congratulations yeah. to Midsommar for the best meal in a horror film. Yeah. And congratulations to whoever the new suitor is that'll eat the next uh, hair pie and become ensorcelled. Um, yeah, there you go. Not going to be either of us, uh, but, you know, here's to them. I'm taken, ladies. The next category is most ridiculous moment in a horror film. Also, every category is in a horror film, but I put it in every category because it sounds like it's a real award show. And the nominees are Sex Choir, Midsomar, Dragging Zombie Cape, Train to Busan, Merman Eats Scientist, and Cabin in the Woods. Sam, what are your thoughts on these nominees for this evening? Well, Sex Choir was quite the hit. I mean, there was this scene, which I think we detailed in the uh, the Midsommar episode, where after, well, this is after he had the meat pie and pink lemonade, and the yeah, couple gets together. Yeah, that's what led to the Sex Choir. Yeah, this is what happens next. They're laying on the floor inside of the barn-like structure, making yeah. love on the hay, and they're not alone. They have a whole group <laughs> of women from the cult standing there naked, surrounding them, singing songs, making sounds, maybe even assisting a little bit in the act. And yeah. they just reminded me of like a choir, you know, like yeah. in church, standing in front of church, singing a song. Only I, the church that I went to did not have naked women singing and there was no, no. you know, Mine sex did. on the floor. Oh, yeah, did kidding. you, did you go no, to JK. Uh, JK, Swedish JK. cult? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the dragging zombie cape was so ridiculous. So there was a moving train and train to Busan. And, Surprise. I know, believe it or not. And there was our <laughs> heroes were on the back of the train, but a zombie runs up, grabs onto our hero. And then another zombie runs up grabs onto that zombie and then another zombie runs up and grabs onto that zombie. And the process repeats itself until we have literally, it was like a cape of zombies coming mm -hmm. off of this train, just being dragged. And this is towards the final moments of the movie where the zombies are getting closer and closer to our heroes. And we're just biting our fingernails and angst wondering, are the heroes going to get away? And as we all know, because you listen to the episode of train to Busan, they did get away. At least the little yeah. girl did. Yeah. So, the zombie cape was just kind of a cool effect, but it was kind of a interesting, ridiculous moment. And the third nominee, Merman Eats Scientist, was one that really got us all cracking up because the yeah. entire movie, this scientist had been talking about how badly he wanted to see the merman, or yeah, mer yeah the merman get chosen to kill the people who had been chosen for the ritual sacrifice. And no one right. ever chooses the merman Finally, at the end of the movie, the merman gets out, he's free, and he kills the scientist who was so excited to meet the merman. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you said that the man, there was blood coming out of the merman. Yeah, he had a blowhole. The merman had a blow blowhole on uh, his back. And uh, so, like, you see it from behind the merman, him, like, eating the guy, and then blood squirts out of his blowhole. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, it was pretty gnarly. Yeah, so that yeah. one was pretty darn ridiculous and had us all laughing as hard as we could. Yeah, well, well, if you're ready, uh, the votes have been counted. Uh, we have the results in front of us. And the winner of the most ridiculous moment in a horror film goes to 
Merman Eats Scientist, Cabin <gasps> in the Woods. I have to say, that is the most ridiculous of the three nominees. I feel like that's, like, literally the concept is ridiculous. <laughs> the zombie cape, pretty ridiculous. The sex choir, I mean, ridiculous. However, it inspired you. Uh, to you wanted you oh, that's the only episode this season that you did the opening because you you're like I've got to talk about I have this to tell you about from the, the get go yeah, yeah I really want um, to kick it off with that nothing inspires like sex choirs that's oh that's a good that's saying yeah well yeah you could tell the writers had a good time with the merman situation because that was pretty pretty gnarly yeah I I hope they were laughing in the writers room talking about uh, yeah. it. oh I bet they were okay so on to the next category uh. The next category is Best Animal Performance in a Horror Film. And our nominees are Sam, the Dog, The Conjuring, Black Phillip, The Devil Goat, and The Witch, Dogs in Space, High Life, Cute Witch Bunny, The Witch, and Zombie Deer, Train to Busan few extra nominees but what uh what are your thoughts there sam oh man okay well a little bit of personal trivia that i'm sure everybody needs to know is yeah. so the name of the dog in the conjuring was sam and when i was in college i was in a college fraternity and we had a fraternity dog and the name of the dog was sam sam the dog and we had to Did call it sam the dog oh. well she probably has died because that was a long time ago <laughs> she has okay, died I, I, yeah um, but they, yeah, we called her Sam the dog so that people knew who, you know, to distinguish between myself and the dog. Right, right. Well, so Sam, we do meet Sam the dog at the beginning of The Conjuring. And I'm, well, I, I think this was probably a he dog, uh, but he was a good boy. He was a really good boy. New family moving into a new home. He is from the get go. He is wary of the situation. He's like, this home is not, we should not be, this is a bad situation. He didn't mm -hmm. want to go in the house. And uh, he tried to protect the family as a good boy does. And unfortunately, it led to his sacrifice. Yeah. The, the ghost, the witch started with him and he was the first to go down. Yeah. So rest in peace, Sam the dog, both from The Conjuring and from my fraternity house. <laughs> Next, there was Black Philip, the devil. I, I can't quite tell you why, but just referring to him as Black Philip, it just feels just a little bit racist. And I wish we could just call him <laughs> Philip. But the character yeah. is Black Phillip. They caught that's their, his name. That's his name. Yeah. Um, he does evolve in the at the end of the movie, and he turns yeah. into presumably the devil, who then devil tempts. God. He asks uh, our lovely what's the what's Anya Taylor Joy's uh, character's name? Do you remember? Um, I forgot. Oh, Thomason. Thomason. Yes, Thomason. There we go. Yep. Very he common asks, Thomas. Name. Yeah. Very. I mean, how could I forget? He asks her, "Wouldst thou live?" deliciously and she says yes i would i would live deliciously so uh sign me up where's your book and uh there we go that's black Phillip. yeah uh we have our dogs lost in space from high life which we all you know we were like oh a glimpse a shimmer of hope while you're alone yeah. in space another rocket ship full of dogs you could take one yeah. with you and so uh, we, we see uh, there's probably 20 or so dogs. Some of them have survived. Some of them have, unfortunately, not. And our protagonist says, fuck it, I'd rather be alone without a dog and leaves yeah. them there. Terrible, yeah. terrible. 
Yeah, well, I mean, he was going to kill himself and his daughter very shortly after. So, or go on to another dimension. We don't know. But, you know, why why bring a dog along if you're just going to, like, fly away and leave it behind? So he knew what he was doing. I suppose so. Then we had the cute witch bunny, also from the witch. So Black Phillip's little friend. And cute witch, cute witch bunny had made many appearances and was very, you know, it's very conflicted because cute witch bunny was cute and its little nose would just kind of do its little cute little twitching thing. But there was also something just a little bit off when you see cute mm. witch bunny in the woods and yeah. you're like, I, I think you're cute, but I also think that I probably shouldn't chase after you. I just, I'm not, I'm just not getting a good vibe. Cute witch yeah. bunny snuck into the barn, into the snuck stable. Into the barn, yeah. And barn was stable. like, oh. What's cute witch bunny doing in here? Wait, wait, witch bunny? Sorry. Yes, the witch, witch, the uh, the witch bunny, the cute witch bunny. Okay. Yeah. Witch bunny. Witch bunny. Witch bunny. Witch bunny. Witch bunny. bunny. Everybody knows which witch bunny I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. Wow, we really beat that one. Uh, beat (laughs) with a with a big hammer. (laughs) With a at a stupa hammer. Yeah, I couldn't remember the word. Yeah, Witch Bunny survives, though. Witch Bunny is never... Ain't nobody taking out Witch Bunny. Okay, nope. and then the last nominee for uh, Best Animal Performance in a Horror Film was Zombie Deer. Now, Zombie Deer didn't have much screen time, but Zombie mm. Deer, I think, opens the movie. It's the first zombie that we see. Zombie Deer gets hit by a car, yeah. you know, as sometimes happens, unfortunately. The driver, not very compassionate, he just kind of looked back and said, damn it. And then drove off <laughs> and moved on. Well, he said, he said it in Korean. Korean, but he said yeah. in Korean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the deer was like, "No, I think I've got. I'm doing the nine lives situation. We're not done. I'm, I'm good." Gets up. We see it's like creepy zombie eye, mm-hmm. and then uh, then he runs off, and that's yeah. zombie deer introducing yeah, was, us to zombies. It was a very captivating performance. I thought by all I, nominees, to be honest. Yes. Oh, very much uh, so. So, without further ado, the winner of the best animal performance in a horror film goes to opens envelope, looks at card inside. Oh, I knew it. My good friend, cute witch bunny, the witch. Come on up here, bunny. I have to say, uh, bunny and I go way back. Uh, You know, I taught her everything she knows. We were in in forest bunny school together. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I was, I did I was find... really rooting for Black Phillip. Black Phillip and I go way back, but you know that what? Makes sense. Great performance by Cute Witch Bunny. Cute Bitch Bunny. Wanna... <laughs> cute Bitch Honey. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, anyway, let's see if I can enunciate. Cute Witch Bunny um, was very captivating. At times cute, at times a little suspect, but always on character in scene in I scene on character what you know i, what I don't know that i've ever seen quite that much range from any other animal in a horror movie i agree yeah i the the deer was close um but the bunny the bunny just was more of a pivotal character i think yes. so the, you know the deer just got uh, anyway Concur. anyway we're digressing slightly so next category uh is one I'm excited about. It's my favorite part of most movies. That's not true, but uh, I'm making everything up, I say. But this category goes to the best kiss in a horror film. Now, this is a very competitive category. Everyone, you know, has conflicting ideas of what makes up a good kiss. Uh, you know, from Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man when he was upside down. I mean, that's an epic kiss, not a horror movie, 
but you know, I tied in Sam Raimi, so I made it cool. So the nominees for this special category of best kiss in a horror movie are Granny in Room 237, The Shining, Wolfhead Makeout, Cabin in the Woods, Witchy Woodsy Kiss, The Witch. So what are your thoughts, Sam? There weren't a lot of kisses in this uh, this season, but but there were a couple. But there were some good kisses. Very mm. competitive category. It was very difficult to choose a winner. Granny in room 237 in The Shining, you know, she was deceptive. I, If I recall, mm-hmm. when she first comes out of the shower, everything hanging out. I yep. believe she was a young, attractive woman. And then mm-hmm. and then Jack Torrance, married man, Jack Torrance, whose wife yeah. is, you know, just a few stories below in the hotel, starts kissing on this lovely woman and she transforms. And the next view that we get of her is she pulled, a, uh, you know, the red woman from uh, yeah. Game of Thrones on us and instantly transformed to be about a thousand years older. And, and she decrepit and decrepit. skin falling yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, you know, makes a sound and comes at us. And he just, he's like, oh, thanks, but no thanks. And moves on to the next. Yeah. Um, the Wolfhead Makeout Cabin in the Woods. This was so fast, you might have missed it. But our lovely. <laughs> it was character- actually painfully. It, it it was so fast. <laughs> you wish, but it honestly, <laughs> it could have been faster. It could have been faster. Yeah. You know, I thought that the something was going to happen with the wolf. I was like, this wolf is about to come alive and like eat her face. Um, sh- so this was the character archetype of the whore who we established. I didn't love that they called her the whore, but I think that was part of the joke, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And in addition to making out, making love with her boyfriend. She also decides to make out with the head of the wolf that is on the wall in the cabin in the yeah. woods and for the a good tongue. long time. And her friends are just watching. And in, you know, 2005 or whatever, it was funny to do that. I guess. Yeah. I, just, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Like licking the tongue and stuff. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, she really got into it. I feel like the wolf also deserves credit because. Yeah. It, you know, had the wolf been alive, it could have been a nominee for best animal performance. But that, yeah, that's true. But yeah. didn't qualify. Didn't and qualify. then lastly, the witchy woodsy kiss in the witch, where the um, how old do we think? Uh, I forgot the character's name was. He couldn't have been more than ten years old. Yeah, he was like ten ish, give or take. Which you know, when you're a ten year old and you're yeah, witch. You know, when you're young and you're coming into your, you know, burgeoning sexuality, and probably not at 10, but, you know, when you're fantasizing yeah. about well, whatever. He, but he was, women. he was hitting. So he might have been a little bit older, remember? Because he was looking at Thomason oh, kind of weird. Right. And like, yeah. His sister's. So he was, he there was, was some, his sister's boobies. some, you know, adolescent horniness involved. Yeah. In, which, in you know, character. when you're that age, there's probably a big fascination with like fully developed woman in the woods. So, you know, he was probably very excited to be drawn in. And this woman has come. She's just like in The Shining. She's young and Mm -hmm. she's beautiful. And she comes down and their their faces come close and their lips meet. And then the only reason that we happen to know that she's a witch besides the, you know, house that she lives in in the middle of the woods and the way she like slunked her leg out of the door was we see her hand come up behind his head, you know, to like cradle his head while they kiss. And we see her fingers are clearly about 500 years old. Very yeah, old like fingers. Exceptionally like long and pointy. And, yeah. Pointy and bony, yes. And not yeah. soon thereafter, he ends up 
you know, being cursed, perhaps possessed. Yeah. Not really has, like, sure. Something weird in his mouth, and he starts speaking in weird stuff and yeah. saying stuff, and then he dies. Yeah, and then he dies. He couldn't Which, survive you know, the witch's kiss. You, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, the kiss of death. Ooh, that's what they call it. Happen. I mean, the kiss kiss of slow death, I guess, because it took a while. But yeah, I don't know if I could have survived the witch's kiss, and I'm I a mean, pretty good not. kisser. Yeah, it's, I mean, it looked like it. Uh, yeah. Um, it looked like I was a pretty good kisser. I, <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't catch that because I actually thought you said she, she. I thought you said she looked like a pretty good kisser. And then I was like, it looked like it. And as I was saying it, I was like, did Sam just say That's, he was a pretty was, good kisser? I, yes, yeah. he did. Let's just say I've been watching. I've been watching and 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 I've noticed it. That's what it looks like yeah. from afar. Well, it's uh, very presumptive of me. I might be wandering through the woods and the witch be like, eh, you know, I'm just going to keep my door closed. He doesn't. I don't know if I want to go give yeah. him a kiss. Yeah, well, I mean, I might not be really your type. type. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, great on the day. Yeah. yeah well, anyway, true, true. who won the uh, uh, the award for best kiss in a horror film? Okay, so best kiss in a horror film goes to Granny in Room Two Three Seven. Decrepit old lady, walk on down here and get your prize. Yeah, unfortunately, she couldn't she couldn't she's be up. here either to to get her award because she's still in the oh. hotel. Yeah. Oh, oh! I thought she was still walking. I was like, oh, it, might, it might be a minute before she gets up That's here on actually, stage. She just got out of the bathtub. <laughs> She's not going to make it in time. She's got a lot of hair and makeup to do. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's, that's that's not true. I mean, that's not wrong. That's you know, there's not... one thing that I would like to say about this category, mm-hmm. and that is they all featured women, and two of them featured elderly women, and one of those yeah. elderly women won, and I'm very I'm proud of her, and I celebrate yeah. that. Next season, I would love to see more uh, best kiss in a horror film from from men. Men, you really got to step it up in this category. That's true. That is true. Because I guess technically we could have given Jack Torrance the award, but he's not the. He wasn't the. Yeah, he wasn't the focal point. Yeah. yeah so because you know, it was that was pretty mutual, but there. she's the one that was like, you know, seductive. Um, yeah. Yeah. Although one could say the wolf was pretty seductive in Cabin in the Woods, and that's why she kissed him. But again, so, you got to be alive to qualify to win the award. It's true. Yeah, you can't so, qualify for an award if you're dead, um, yeah. which is just science and life. Um, okay, so the next category, uh, we're starting to get to some some good ones. Actually, they're all good. They're all they're all they're all good. Uh, so the next category goes to it, it. It's in line with the most ridiculous moment in a horror film, but this one is specifically the dumbest death in a horror film, and the nominees are. Daring dirt bike into an invisible wall. Cabin in the woods. Still alive? Pencil dive. Midsomar. Daddy's got a lot of wood. The witch. Mannequin mommy lightning bed. Nightmare on Elm Street. And dying in the dirt. High life. I really enjoy the names of these uh, nominees scenes because whoever created them genius but uh sam what do you think about it? <laughs> i i had to mute myself so that my laughter <laughs> wouldn't distract from yeah the announcement of the nominees because these are really good uh and the genius belongs belongs to none other than my co-host chris so daring dirt bike into an invisible wall in cabin in the woods mm-hmm. this one listen i love chris hemsworth as thor because the mighty thor he's yeah. a smart cracker but I actually i don't know if thor is all that smart but in this movie, yeah. he also was not that smart. I mean, he True. was brave and he was a nice guy, but he launched himself 
over a canyon on his motorcycle. He didn't know there was a wall there. You know, that is true. But if I'm going to launch myself over a canyon on a motorcycle, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to throw a stick over to see if there is an invisible wall. Because you just never know. That's that's a good point. You just never know. There's a 50-50 shot that there's a wall there. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, And so that was, you know, that was pretty horrifying. He just crumpled against the wall. Yeah. I mean... a, it's a good thing he died because otherwise he wouldn't have been nominated for this uh, for this death category. But B, like, can you imagine if he survived after like going off, hitting the wall, falling? Do you know? Do you imagine how Thor he'd be? Okay, okay, that's Sorry. just too much, <laughs> too okay. funny. On, on to the next one. Sorry. No, no, no. Uh, also, I love how we just said that in order to win an award, you have to be alive because the wolf doesn't count. And, <laughs> but this award is literally called Dumbest Death. <laughs> so, well, okay, you could be award, nominated for the death. Yeah, it's very specific. It's very specific yeah. guidelines. It's They're in the. It's in the get... Yeah, it's it's in the uh, small font. These are very the prestigious right. awards. Um, they really people are. are clamoring to be nominated. Okay, <laughs> still alive pencil. <laughs> still alive pencil dive. In Midsommar. Now, if you don't remember this one, because we talked about it at length in the Midsommar episode, there were two elderly women, uh, a man, man and a woman. I think 72 was the age at yeah, which you, so, yeah. you were no longer allowed to live and you had to throw yourself off a cliff in a ritual mm-hmm. suicide. And um, in the case of the lovely woman, she did not die a dumb death. She died very, a, a very brave death. She just swan dove off of the cliff and immediately perished at the bottom the yeah. gentleman was not so smart his 72 years of life did not bring him the wisdom to know <laughs> how to properly throw oneself off of a cliff because he just pencil dove smashed his legs we see the legs all contorted you know and he's lying yeah. on the ground moaning in pain and that cues the villagers his family to approach him with a uh, there's a name for this giant hammer and i'm forgetting what it was and uh, a cudgel i think Kajol, they, Kajol, Kajol. Yes. And they smash his face yeah. and end his life. And then they give him They're a like couple extra time. smashes. Yeah. They're like, hammer time. And that's what they did. Oh. Yeah. I don't remember yeah. there being music, uh, but. No. Yeah. Actually, there was some good music in there, yeah, as we will discuss later. Yeah. Daddy's got a lot of wood from the <laughs> witch. Okay. Dumbest death. Um, the father from the witch. Now it was pretty. I I I jumped when Black Philip, who mm-hmm. we all just talked about, uh, gored the father through the stomach with his horn. Black yeah. Philip is a goat. In case you forgot, he's the goat, <laughs> and it startled. In case all of you're us. just joining us, yeah. In case you just joined mid episode, <laughs> and uh, but the the father doesn't really seem to die from the wound from the goat. Instead, yeah, he. Gets not, does he fall? Actually, I forgot. Yeah, he like he stumbles fall, back, or did the goat push him back? I th- one or the other, both. Yeah, we'll say yes. In any case, he falls into his pile of wood, log pile, they, you know, that he's been chopping all movie. He's been chopping for fucking days because you know they need wood to burn in the, in the fireplace, yeah, yeah. whatever. Falls into this thing, and like Jamie and Cersei Lannister, that just collapses on his head. And knocks him out, and that's the end of the father. He is done for and gone. Yep. Yep. The end. The end. Mannequin mommy lightning bed. Okay. (laughs) Now, you didn't particularly like this effect, but I thought it was kind of fun and enjoyed it. So the mother in A Nightmare on Elm Street, who we're calling Mannequin Mommy because at the end of the movie, she gets snatched back into the window through the front door 
and it is a hundred thousand percent clearly obviously a mannequin like this was the 1980s so special effects weren't quite up to what they are today um so mannequin mommy when she dies i think freddy krueger he was like he was on fire right and he gets on top of her Mm -hmm. or something and then yeah I don't, they're wrestling I in the bed. They're wrestling in the bed, and then yeah. suddenly, yeah, so she's dead, and then there's lightning, and then the bed just sort of caves in upon itself. She gets sucked into the sheets, and she yeah. disappears, and that is her lightning death. I don't know why she didn't fight back or try to run out of the room. She but must have been dead after Freddy Krueger jumped on her and burned I her. Suppose. I suppose. It's hard to say. Hard to say. Yeah. Maybe it she was turned a to a man Yeah. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. It Hard was all a dream. Sorry. We don't we don't actually know if she's alive or dead today because that's true. we don't know. Yeah. We tried to we left a voicemail, she didn't respond. So Yeah. And then we talked about dying in the dirt, Andre three thousand in high life. Yeah. His death. I mean, nobody did anything to him. He just decided he was done. He went into the garden on the spaceship, laid down in the dirt, and then vanished. Died from despair. And became one with the dirt yeah. that he did. Mm-hmm. So those were our those were our dumbest deaths in yeah. a horror film. For for you know such a vast amount of movies this season, there's quite a quite a diverse, complex um, set of nominees for this category. You know, there's five nominees, uh, so so it was very competitive. Um, but the votes are tallied; they're in. I've been handed the invisible card, and the winner. For dumbest death in a horror film goes to Still Alive Pencil Dive, Midsomar. Oh, he just jumped uh, on down to accept his award. He just jumped on down. Yeah, he broke his leg and, you know, hammer time. Congratulations. Here's your flower <laughs> well crown. Here's your flower crown. Uh, oh, we should have wore flower crowns. Next time. Next time. Okay, so for the next category, uh, this next one is one that uh, is important to me all the way into the bottom of my heart. No, I don't. That sentence made zero sense. Um, But it has to do with the feels uh, from the movies we watched. So the next category is the most dramatic feel in a horror film. And our nominees are Train to Busan, Candyman, Carrie, High Life, Midsommar. Five nominees, most dramatic feel in a horror film. Sam, what do you got for us? Listen, these, this group of nominees teaches us that scary movies are not only about feeling scared. We also have big hearts for these characters. Sometimes we feel sad. Sometimes we want to cry. But the important thing is that we all feel something. So let's kick it off. Train to Busan. We it was just this final scene between the father and the uh, the daughter when he knows mm-hmm. that he's infected and he has moments, final moments with his daughter. Um, just heart wrenching. So sad to watch him have to tell her goodbye when all she's wanted is to spend more time with him. Candyman, so dramatic. These characters are. I got to think about what the fuck to say about Candyman. Hang on. (laughs) Um, Candyman was not only a movie about a scary villain with the hook, but it also had a deeper message and a 
an important meaning for us to understand what it's like to be black in America. And that was a very dramatic thing to experience and to think about and to take us outside of our own experiences as two white guys hosting this show about scary movies. (laughs) Carrie, I ranked really high because of the feels. I ranked high on the scary scale because of the feels that I felt when this girl was isolated and separated from everyone who could offer her any support. And when she finally found that support and that community, it was wrenched away from her in the most dramatic way possible. High life. Boy, oh boy, could you get any more dramatic? Alone in space, everyone who you know is dead, except for your daughter who you're raising alone for like 15 years. And there's no purpose to your mission and nothing to hope for. You're just waiting (laughs) to die. Talk about drama. And then lastly, Midsommar. So much relationship drama. Boy, oh boy, did we talk about how much we hated the boyfriend and how he probably deserved what he got. There was just... how much we hated Sam's ex. Oh, sorry, sorry. We did talk about that a little bit, but I don't know that I would necessarily condemn him to be in a bear suit and burnt alive, but... okay. You know, it's it's a little dramatic, and we love a little potato flair tomato. Drama. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so those were our most dramatic horror films, and shall we announce the winner? We shall. Uh, all good nominees. All of these movies worked very hard for us this season, um, but there can only be one winner. So without further ado, the winner of most dramatic feel in a horror film goes to. Train to Busan. All were all were great candidates. All were, you know, this was this was a hard one, right? Every this single was, one of these gave you the was. drama feels. I think uh, you know, but but we stated it in the episode, Train to Busan, it was like a dramatic movie about human conflict. Yes. Oh, and there were zombies. Yes. You know, like so it was well that, deserved. It was, yeah, because it was rated low on the scare scale because right. the zombies were there for a little tension, but the real tension was a human conflict human and the, human. The, the jerk face guy and everyone yeah. else just trying to survive, yes. you know, disparity, like losing your loved ones. Oh. And anyway, so well-deserved. Well done, Train to So Busan. much heart. Yeah. yeah, congratulations. Keep up. Keep up the good work. The, uh, not to keep score, but the next category <laughs> is um one that we've all heard of. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh the listeners are like, okay, get to it. What do you what what are you getting at? But the next category is best score in a horror film. Oh, so we've heard of it because so we've heard many the score, the good music. Options. So many good options. Um and the nominees for this category are The Shining. Midsomar, the witch. What do you got, Sam? What do you got on these nominees for this evening? Would you like me to uh, sing a few of the uh, tracks from these movies? Me, me, me. No, no, no thanks. Oh, no, that'd be that'd be that's quite alright. Okay, yeah. well, I'll do my best to describe <laughs> them. So, The Shining opens with <laughs> the this... Midsomar one. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Our listeners are like immediately no unsubscribe. Um, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so the shining opens with this scene, this shot over the lake, right, and the Rocky Mountains, and we hear the boom, 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 and the whole movie 
contains these sounds of like these shrill violins and the the tension constantly building. It almost gives you a visceral reaction where you want it to end, but it also builds the tension in the movie. Then we have Midsommar, which we talked about in the beginning of the movie when the opening scene is so jarring and disturbing and the music just adds to it. You can hear the wailing of the, 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 the passion and the sadness of Danny is transmitted into the music and just puts us right into her heart and that experience that she's having. And lastly, the witch. The witch took us back, it transported us to 16, 17, eight, what year was that taking place in? In New England? A while ago. Long time ago. <laughs> I got to brush up on my witch history. Uh, witch, witch history? You know which, which history I'm talking about. And we hear, it, we, it just transports us back into a different time and did such a masterful job where there wasn't a lot of crazy special effects or gore. It was just the scenery, the characters, the rawness of the music that really put us into that environment. So all all great nominees. And I think that, you know, all of these, we said it with The Shining, that movie wouldn't be anything without the score. And I think the same could definitely be said about the other two, uh, Midsommar, particularly in the way they integrated it. The Witch having that opening scene in Midsommar, like stringed instruments throughout. Um, but wait, this just in. Oh, the votes are in. Oh, I can't the votes wait. are in. Card being delivered to my hand, opening it up. Make sure oh. you read the right one. I know. Huh, that'd be dramatic, uh, which was the last category. Um, the winner of best score in a horror film goes to the flower queen herself, Midsommar. Oh, for the record, the excitement on your face made it look like you were given the award. <laughs> I feel that way every time you announce the winner. I'm like, me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the flower queen herself? Thanks, Sam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I, I'm going to spend some time just really enjoying the Midsommar soundtrack while I study and work and just put it on the background. And uh, maybe I'll do a little dance like at the Maypole, see how long I can hmm. survive. Yeah, I mean, we can make it into a competition and then you'll lose, but that's fine. Oh, shots fired. <laughs> For the next category, uh, we're really, we're, we're, this is angled towards really the hardest workers in the room, the people that really have to bring it to make a movie convincing mm. and to make it just pull at your heartstrings. These can make or break it, particularly for Sam. And we learned early on that these characters, Sam's worried about before he even knows they exist. And yes. so this, this category is Best Child Performance in a Horror Film. And our nominees are Danny, The Shining, Cassie, Evil Dead Rise, Caleb, The Witch, Kim Soo-on, Train to Busan. Sam, which, which kids brought it? Which took them away? Which made you super worried? Uh, you know, like, like, you know, these, these are them. These are the ones that made the season good for you. I think. Yes. And I think it's really easy to forget when you're watching actors, how much skill goes into their craft. And listen, those adult actors have had decades of practice to get to where they are, but these kids, 
don't have decades of practice. They and so seeing them the the way that they were able to uh, put themselves into the minds of these characters and tell these stories is really remarkable. So first we have Danny and The Shining, who you remember with his finger, Rad Ram, Rad Ram. The way he was able to modify his voice to play what was the name of his fingers character? I forgot. It was uh it was uh <laughs> this is a Tim Tim Timmy Tom. Nope, no, Jimmy Jam. Uh Danny. Nope, that was uh his character's name. It'll come back to us. It'll come to us. Clearly, yeah, yeah, yeah. clearly I need a cheat sheet of all the names of the characters from yeah, all our the listeners areas. right now are yelling. They're, they're, they're yelling like, at their podcast thing. They're you like, forgot. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, but he does a great job of 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 modifying his voice. We get a lot of close-up shots of Danny. Uh, and and so you can imagine the skill that goes into creating the character. Then we have our young friend Cassie and Evil Dead Rise. She, along with her aunt, are the sole survivors. And listen, she's been locked in this apartment all night long. All kinds of crazy stuff going on. Her mother has gone off the rails. Uh, she tried to let her back into the apartment, and that didn't yeah. work out so well. Did not work out. No, her siblings have completely lost it and i think she saw one of her siblings chewing on glass or was that the mother no yeah. that was her sister yeah it was her sister yeah, yeah. yeah. she had to uh shove um her sweet staphanie through her sister's face just to yep. survive how terrifying so cassie i mean she's a little fighter and she did a remarkable job inspiring all of us we'll talk more about the work that she did in some of the other categories then we have Caleb, who you've already been introduced to as yeah. the one who kissed the witch in The Witch. Caleb not only had to uh, kiss an old witch and, uh, you know, act his death. Caleb's the name of the character, by the way. These are all the character names. He had to act right, right, his right. death. Yeah, because we, uh, we notably, we, we said best child performance and then didn't actually credit the, the, <laughs> the actors themselves. Actors, yeah. we, we credited the characters <laughs> for the performance. You know, it's fine. it's fine. It's fine. But not only did he have to do all of this, but he did it while speaking in this English dialect from like 400 years ago. Incredible. Um, then there's uh, Kim Suan from Train to Busan, who, as we established in the most traumatic category, had us all in tears, not only when her father was leaving her, but after she and her new friend survived the zombie attack and they're approaching the, the safe zone and the soldiers on the far end of the tunnel can't really see them. And so they're mm -hmm. not sure if they're zombies or not. And the soldiers literally have their rifle uh, you know, trained on. Sighted in, yeah. They're like, here with this, we got to take out these zombies before they get any closer. And young Kim Suan starts singing Aloha Oi, and they hear her beautiful voice echoing down the tunnel, and they realize there's no way that that is a zombie because what a beautiful little voice. And so yeah. they spare the life of her and her new friend, and they presumably make it out to safety. Yep. Um, so while the votes are being tallied up, Tony uh, was Danny's oh! imaginary friend. Tony the finger. Um, he he didn't make it into a nomination because technically Tony did not meet the age cap as a child performer. Um, also, Tony's but, you know, literally just a finger. <laughs> no, he's his friend that lives in his mouth. Oh, who right. speaks through his finger, something like that. Um, but all that to be said, the award for best child performance in a horror film goes to, and we weren't surprised at this one, Kim Soo on Train to Busan. 
Yep, again, her gripping performance, literally and physically, uh, as she gripped her dad's hand and was like, no, and she's crying, and then she sings the song meant for him. She's walking through the tunnel. Yeah, she she brought it. They all brought it, to be honest. But she, uh, you know, the judges found her to be the best of the best. The best of the best. Uh, you know, not not everyone can win. Not everyone can win every category. Yeah. So, you know, someone had to win, and, and we're glad it was her. Yes. So now we're we're spinning it up. We've uh we've we've gone from best child performance on the side of good, and now we're kind of bringing it to the bad, the baddie bad side. And the next category is favorite villain in a horror film. Ooh. And the nominees are Candyman in Candyman, Freddy Krueger. The Nightmare on Elm Street. Megan. And Megan. Ellie. Or L. L. Ellie? L. Mm. Evil Dead Rise. And Carrie. And Carrie. <laughs> wow, so many of these villains were the same name as the movie, and it made it really. <laughs> I just didn't want to sound like I was on repeat and go. Candyman, Candyman, yeah. Carrie, Carrie. Anyway, that was pretty funny. All that to say, what what are you what are your thoughts right, on these thoughts. nominees? Um, <laughs> so many good villains, and as you know, I love a good villain. Um, Candyman was really fun to watch because he started out as the main character and he evolves into Candyman, and there's this uncertainty throughout the entire movie of what's going to happen. Is it? Does he want this to happen? Is he going to survive this? Is he actually the hero? Who is Candyman? Um, right. The evolution was just really fascinating to watch. And the end, the final scene when he comes out, and I, was he floating? I feel like he was floating. He was. Memory starts. He, yeah, he floated. The he bees was, yeah, yeah. are flying everywhere, and he just has the power of the Candyman. And it's so just compelling and moving, and you're not sure whether you're to be afraid of Candyman or to celebrate him. Candyman. Yep. In that moment, you know. Yeah, also watch how many times you say his name. Ooh, shit. How many has it been? Okay. Uh, well, this is, a camera is not That the would same. be a way to end the season. Yeah, right? He just comes out from behind. Well, it's very specifically a mirror. Isn't it a mirror? Yeah, you have to look in the mirror. And yeah. I don't think a camera counts as a mirror. So okay. I think we're in the clear. Can you, can you see your reflection in the mirror? No, technically it's not a reflection. It is a re-portrayal on a digital screen it's different but the but, no, but the camera doesn't have a lens on it okay well no it's not the same okay okay, okay i think okay. we're sorry, safe sorry. i think we're safe well, and if not i'm not then... i mean i am you are Shit. okay never mind <laughs> then well this season will just go out with a bang okay next villain was freddy krueger who there's a lot of people saying well he's obviously gonna win because chris's best childhood friend we were friends. We were friends at a young age. Yeah. Yep. So a lot of people were thinking he's got it in the bag. But Freddy Krueger was a, a favorite villain because he really had a good time with every single kill. He didn't just run right in and murder his victim. He was like, first, I'm going to have a little fun. I'm going to chop my fingers off. Maybe I'm going to cut my bowels open and I'm going to run around and chase you for a little bit and just have a yeah. little bit of fun with it. Turn you into a mannequin. Yeah. Turn you, Crazy turn, stuff. Turn you into a mannequin. Make some maple, maple oatmeal out of the stairs. Yeah. Make yeah. everyone breakfast. Yes. Yeah. Maple All pancake. All kinds of oatmeal. fun stuff. Yes. So we like it when a villain likes to have a little bit of fun. 
Um, so Freddy Krueger definitely made the list. And then Megan, another one who likes to have fun. Look, this girl, she might only be four feet tall, but she likes to party. She started yeah. like a worldwide dance craze. She can do all sorts of like really fascinating things, taking over devices and just, you know, turning on cars with her mind and yeah. just all sorts of cool stuff. Really, what a great villain. One might say she's only four feet tall, but she brings a big personality. Okay, okay. I thought you were going to make a big. rhyme with tall and like ball or something. And, but you know, yes, no, 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 because she's person. four feet tall, but uh, yeah, good, sorry. yeah, no, it's good. That's a, that was, we'll let that one, that was, that was good. Next villain <laughs> is L from Evil Dead Rise yeah. and Ellie. It is Ellie. Oh, it's Ellie. Just, okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I misspelled it seven times. It's fine. Or misset it. Mm. Misset it. Yeah. Next villain is Ellie from Evil Dead Rise. And as we mentioned, she's not the best chef, but boy, does she <laughs> like to have a good time. So Ellie, I mean, she was smiling the entire movie. Clearly, she wasn't, you know, trying to just kill everybody really quickly. She was there to have a little bit of fun. And oh, yeah. fun she had. She took out the neighbors. Torture, you know. A little bit of torture. Yeah, I mean, she uh, that was the tagline for the movie. Mommy loves you, right? She loves her kids, and she just wanted them to be a part of the weird-ass demonic sorcery that she was involved in. So, yeah. You know, we'll give it up for Ellie. And then our last favorite villain really holds a special place in my heart. Sweet Carrie. You know, she did some terrible things to some some nice people and some not so nice people. And I just think that they they are the reason that those things happened because she was doing her best to enjoy life and participate in community. And she was shunned. She was rejected. She was torn down. And uh, it was just very, like their house, just like their house, the end of the movie. And honestly, I loved watching her embrace her inner Scarlet Witch, her inner Daenerys Targaryen. And she just really owned the room at senior prom, senior prom queen, Carrie. Yeah, all good nominees, uh, all great nominees. They all brought it and they all, you know, it, sometimes you don't have a good time unless the villain is fun. And so you need, or not even necessarily fun, because I don't know that Carrie was like fun, but unless the villain is engaging and makes you want to be there, you know, paranormal activity didn't make the list because we didn't see the villain. Sorry. Yep. Good movie. Scary. But like, not villain wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. Not, 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 the, you know, not a nominee. Uh, but without further ado, the votes have been tallied and the winner of the favorite villain in a horror film, close tie. The winner is Ellie from Evil Dead Rise. I, I truly feel this was a hard one. You know, uh, everything that you said about all of them. I think what brought Ellie over the top was, you know, she did her own stunts. She jumped out of bathtubs, gripped onto the wall upside down. Uh, you know, she turned into a big monster built of her kids. She was still acting when her head was detached from her body. Uh, trying to convince her sister not to kick her head into the wood chipper. Mm. Mm. You know, she cooked the eggs. She vomited. She tried to tattoo an eyeball. I mean, she just, just so did much. it all. Yeah. You yes. know, she she did a little bit of Freddie. She did a little bit of Megan. She even probably, she almost danced a little bit, kind of, not really. But, you know, uh, she just kind of did it all. Yeah. You know, at times everyone was covered in blood. 
she was, you know, she well deserved. There's Ellie. nothing she can do. She did her all There's her own stunts. And what an what an upset! I mean, the audience favorite was Freddy Krueger. They thought for sure he was going to win favorite villain. But listen, yeah. Ellie cannot be beat. the uh, The range that she provided and the just level of skill was unmatched. Unmatched. Yeah, yeah. Well done to her. I hope she's having a good night. Um, she's probably like at home taking a quiet bath. Uh, before she um, tries to murder her family. Dead before dawn. <laughs> dead before dead, dawn. Dead before dawn. Anyway, um, so on to this next category. I hear people really had to fight to be nominated for this one. They really had to fight for this one. They had to fight to get into this category. And and funnily enough, the name of this category uh, is Best Fighters in a Horror Film. This is, you know, for all the people that just brought it. The badasses of horror movies, Scary Movie Friday Night Season 1. Who are those badasses that fought their way to the end, or at least to the end of them, um, and, you know, really just kick some, some, you know, bad guy, villain ass or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the nominees for Best Fighters in a Horror Film are... Sang Wa, aka Mr. Beefy Guy, trained to Busan. Beth, Evil Dead Rise. Nancy, Nightmare on Elm Street. Carolyn, The Conjuring. All right, Sam. This is a. Uh, they all fought to be here. What are your thoughts? What tell tell us about these nominees? Again, another very competitive group of nominees, and I I know the judges had a very difficult time choosing the winner. Uh, Song Hua and uh, Train to Busan, who we affectionately named Mr. Beefy Guy. He <laughs> was the true fighter. I mean, he really fought for his his pregnant wife, and he even big heart, emotional fighter. This guy mm -hmm. had been snubbed by our main character, our protagonist, and instead of ditching him, he ended up defending him and supporting him and and bringing him into his group and that group mentality. He's like, we have to work together to survive. He wasn't just the but brawny physical fighter, he also knew how to build a team that could fight back and yep. ultimately get uh, some survivors at the end of the movie. Then we had Beth from Evil Dead Rise. Oh, sweet Aunt Beth. She was yeah. not going down. Despite the demon's best efforts, I mean, yep. her niece, her nephew, her sister had all turned against her, tried to murder her. She got trapped in the, the elevator. The yeah. neighbors, right? There was no getting out of this apartment. The elevator that she was in flooded with blood. It was a blood flood. We had a nice little yeah. nod <laughs> to The Shining when they yeah. slam down into the garage and the blood comes out of the elevator. But she was not going down without a fight. And much like Mr. Beefy Guy from Train to Busan, she wasn't doing it alone. She had yep. her kid niece who we mentioned uh, in the best child category, they were fighting together. We see them yeah. get, there's this monstrosity of a creature of all the things being formed together. They get yeah. that thing. I don't even know how they did it. But they get it in the wood chipper and the niece helps her by running over and turning that wood chipper on. And that is how they defeated almost the villain. Quite the fight. Yeah. Then we had quite the fight. Nancy on Nightmare on Elm Street. Now listen. Sweet little old teenage Nancy was not there to do a ton of physical hand-to-hand -hand combat. However, True. this chick, when everybody else doubted 
the seriousness of the situation. Whenever when her boyfriend was across the street falling asleep in his bed, she was like, over no. And over. Over and over. She was like, I'm going to find this guy. We're going to solve this mystery. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. And if that means that I have to go into my own nightmares to do it, then I'm going to do it. I mean, she full, it was like Stranger Things setting the trap for the bad guy and meets home alone. Yeah. Yeah. Like oh, she was a badass. Home, oh, I completely forgot. She was putting gunpowder and light bulbs or something. I don't even know what she was doing. <laughs> Sledgehammers on door things. Yes. And she apparently did it all in about three and a half minutes, given the time frame yeah, of the scene. She's but quick. so clever. She was a fighter and a thinker and yeah. uh, quite the, uh, the, the, the competition for this category. Last mm-hmm. nominee for Best Fighter was Carolyn in The Conjuring, the mother, the mother who ultimately gets possessed. And yeah. she she had to fight against herself. She literally for her soul. was fighting her inner demons. The whole exorcism <laughs> yeah, was her combating. I mean, the demon wanted her to kill her children. And yeah. she almost did it. I mean, she was like moments away from being taken over by this demon. And thankfully, the demonologists, who we learned is a real career that you can maybe get a degree in, not sure if it's yeah. accredited or not, but it exists, <laughs> were there to help her with through the exorcism. Very close call because mm-hmm. we didn't have a priest present. And so very close call, yeah. It really she really had to rely on herself to dig deep and remember who she was and that she didn't really want to kill her children. But there was actually a demon there trying to take over. So she was a fighter with from within. Those are our fighters in this category. And and they brought it and they all fought it. They fought it and brought it. Um, That they did. They fought their way into this category. That they did. And and so the votes are in. And spoiler alert, the votes are in for all these categories. But the votes are in. (laughs) And and the winner for best fighter. In a horror film, goes to my homie, good old boy, friend of mine, strapping it on. Nope, strapping on <laughs> duct tape around his arm. That he did to fight zombies. Yes. Yep, strapping it on to kill the zombies. Sangwa, Mr. Beefy guy, trained a boo song. Thank you. Nothing like strapping it on to take him down. That's what. That's what I say. Taking him down to Pound Town. Well, uh, I mean, <laughs> that could be interpreted a couple different ways. Could it? Because he would like, you know, he would pound his fist. No, I got it. Yes, take, I understand the joke. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Taking him down to Pound Town, isn't that? <laughs> anyway, that's not. That's not. That's something else. <laughs> okay. Anyway, strapping it on to take him down to Pound Town. I had to say it one more time because I I stand by it. This is a clean show. Uh, anyway, it's not. Uh, next category. Um, as we're wrapping up to the last few categories here, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're we're getting to the good, good, um, whatever that means. But as we're ramping up to some of the final categories, this next one, this next one's an important one because you know we recognize best child actors or best child performances, best villain who brought the fight, right? But sometimes, sometimes there are those characters in these movies that just don't get the credit they deserve. Mm. Hmm. characters we love characters that had pivotal moments that just maybe grabbed onto onto the story grabbed onto the villain grabbed onto our heartstrings you name it and and you know but they weren't the primary 
uh, focus of the film. And so this category is most unsung hero in a horror film. And the nominees are John Gill, a.k.a. Sister Who Opened the Door, Train to Busan, Dick the Cook, The Shining, Sue, the kind of nice girl, Carrie, Brianna, Candyman, Bruce, the big bad robot, Megan. I like how all of them had like a had like a second name except for Brianna because she was just Brianna. I think people knew who Brianna was. But Sam, what uh these you know the unsung heroes in a mm. horror film? Yes, I feel like. You know, I feel like in our podcast, you're like the unsung hero. I'm just kidding. That's oh, true. <laughs> but that is true. Yes, I deserve more credit. Well, this was actually one of my favorite categories because I love celebrating mm-hmm. people who deserve to be celebrated. And I wish that we could have yeah. more than one winner, but there can only be one winner in every category. Let's talk yep. about the most unsung heroes in a horror film. So John Gill was the two, there was the two older women who were sisters. I mean, I was kind of wondering if they were lesbians, but we looked at, and it turns out they were just sisters. They were sisters. Yeah. yeah. And one of the sisters has unfortunately turned into a zombie. We can see her through the window uh, along with the whole pack of other zombies. And um, on the on the other side of the train is a group of humans who have not yet turned into zombies. And they're all bickering amongst one another they're trying to keep other humans from getting into their rail car and they're all just angry and they're fighting and john gill's sitting there and she's thinking this is hopeless we've already lost we're all fighting we're- these people are animals and we're no better than the zombies on the other side of the door and i'm just gonna teach them a little lesson and she stands up and she slowly starts approaching the door and mr Jerkface, whose name we haven't recorded uh, uh, sees her and he's like somebody stop her quick and she gets to the door first and she just opens it up and unleashes the horde of zombies who then take over that train car and wreak havoc and mm. you know what she taught them a lesson kind of I guess they all turned into zombies so I'm not yeah. sure if the lesson stuck but I don't know if they learned from it I celebrated fine. her efforts and then we have Dick the cook from The Shining I didn't know that was his name. Or, oh, Dick. Oh, Dick. And he had quite the pantry in the hotel, as we have he did. discussed at, at nauseum. Yeah. Um, but he was the only character, I believe, who mm-hmm. died in the movie. He was the only one he to be was. killed by Jack Torrance. Yes. By the axe. Yeah. And he mm. came from afar. I mean, he was, I think he had to fly on a plane to get. He flew on a plane. Got in a snowmobile. Yes. In a storm to get to the house. Yes. Just to get. And I don't even think he knew the detail. Like the the. I mean, I think he had a hunch when he couldn't get through to the hotel that something was wrong. Yeah. So he came all the way here to check on the family, and then was sacrificed. And it just felt like he deserved more. He deserved a better ending. He deserved way more credit than he was given. And yeah. we really appreciate what he t- attempted to do for this family. Yeah, spoiler alert, I think he gets a little bit better story in the book. But but ah. that's neither here nor there. Yes. Yeah. This is a most unsung hero in a horror film and not a horror that is book. True. Yes. That's true. I stand corrected. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you're not corrected. You were you I was I was adding to what you were saying because you were right. 
Oh, um, okay, okay, okay. I sound plus corrected. Yes, plus un, uncorrected. Plus, plus correct. Yes. So yeah. then we have Sue and Carrie. Carrie's um, kind of friend, you know, enemy turned friend, perhaps. She, she was initially part of the group of girls who was bullying Carrie. And then she evolved out of that and decided she was going to try and help her and be a good friend to yeah. her. And uh, she unfortunately set up the situation for Carrie to get invited to prom which ultimately resulted in the disaster that was the prom. Yeah. But Sue uh, was the only person to go visit Carrie's place of death, <laughs> her resting in place. Her dream. Yes. Well, it wasn't her dream. That is true. Um, <laughs> and she, she did get that nice little shocking hand up out of the ground that grabbed her and scared all of us. But yeah. uh, Sue, you know, she tried. I think she she tried. She did a better job than the gym teacher or the teacher teacher. Yeah. Uh, and she had to. And she lived to tell the tale. Tell she lived to tell the tale and uh, lived a haunted life afterwards. Yes, you know, yes, she did. And then uh, we apparently see her again in Carrie Two, which we haven't watched yet, but maybe season two of Scary Movie Friday. So Sue, yeah, that's uh, that's our nominee, Sue. Uh, Brianna from Candyman. Oh, we talked about how much we love. Candyman at the end of the movie when he gets summoned in his yeah. full form. And guess who makes that happen? It's Brianna. She's been arrested. She has been apprehended by the police for doing nothing, by the way. She was just wrong place, wrong yeah. time. Her boyfriend was shot in front of her. He was yeah. shot in front of her. She's sitting in the back of the cop car and she realizes this is her moment to make it happen. And thankfully, there's a rear view mirror in the cop car and she looks straight in that mirror makes eye contact with herself and she says his name five times Candyman. Candyman. Are you, you Candyman. Yeah, I'll stop there. Just just to be safe. Um so that was <laughs> Brianna. I mean we I just wanted more and more of Brianna because uh she yeah. was fantastic. And then lastly when we talked oh yeah well before you before last right and we talked about it too about her being an unsung hero because she wasn't the main character but then somewhere how like halfway through the movie, she became the main character. Yes. You know, as, as her boyfriend kind of started shifting and lost, you know, I guess like real intellectual, intelligent conversation and ability to like be sane. She kind of took over the storyline. So what was based on his storyline, um, she kind of came from the shadows and like took it to the end. Yeah, that she did. She might be my yeah. personal most unsung hero of any film ever because of the way okay. that she approached that dark, creepy the, basement. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Nope. She's like, no, I'm smarter than this and I'm not fucking going down there. Thank you. Yeah. Unlike the other ding dongs and some of the other movies that we've seen. Yeah. And then our last nominee for most unsung hero. Oh, Bruce. Bruce, the robot. He spent most of the movie oh, just sitting in the corner collecting dust. but. When we needed him most, he was there for us. Bruce was the was. robot that the creator of Megan had. He was almost like a Megan prototype. She, I think she maybe created mm -hmm. him in college or something years prior. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, she built this robot. And Megan was just so well designed that she couldn't be destroyed. They had chopped her in half. They'd ripped off her hair. She had just, but she kept. She looked mangled. mangled. Yeah. She was all kinds of mangled. And she just kept fighting back. She was like, this party's not ending on my watch until they called in Bruce the robot, the big bad robot, and he helped us to defend ourselves against Megan. I can't remember, Chris. What happened to Chris? 
what happened to Bruce at the end of the movie? Um, I don't remember either. <laughs> See, unsung hero. Exactly. Because guess what? He saves the day, and we don't even remember what, what happened, happened to him afterwards. <sighs> Well, to oh, be fair, this was like poor 10 Bruce. movies ago, so a lot has true. happened between the end of Megan and getting us to where we are today. We've come a long way. Yes, but maybe, anyway, maybe we should announce the winner of Most Unsung Hero in a Horror Film. So the award for Most Unsung Hero in a Horror Film goes to Bruce the Big Bad Robot, Megan. You know, it's super unfortunate Bruce couldn't be here to get the award tonight because we don't remember what happened to him <laughs> as the movie ended. Uh, he was lost uh, as our memory of him faded. Uh, but well done, Bruce. You saved the day, and, you know, now the award can go on your shelf in your basement. Yeah. Um, or something. Hopefully yeah. Bruce makes a reappearance in Megan 2. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, that would be great. That honestly, that should be how it goes. Megan it should be Bruce versus 2.0. Megan. <gasps> Ooh, yeah, like a little fighting Ooh. match. It would be, although that we've kind of already seen that, so they'd have to like step it up. Yes. Um, yeah. Bruce 2.0 and Megan 2.0. Bruce. Yeah, exactly. That that'll be the name. I hope that's not the name because yeah. it sounds kind of cheesy. Root and free um, Bruce. <laughs> so we're down to the last two categories. Mm. Um, this next category. Uh, has to do with the movies that scared us the most this season. Uh, and there were two, uh, in case you forgot, you know, uh, from the beginning of the episode, The Conjuring and Paranormal Activity. The Conjuring was a 10. We thought that was going to be the top tip, top tip, top of the season until, until we watched Paranormal Activity, and that was the 11. So this category is Best Scare-Filled Scene in the Scariest Movies. And the nominees are the Demon Behind the Door, The Conjuring. Mom Trapped in the Cellar, The Conjuring. Scream, Silence, and Footsteps, Paranormal Activity. Sliding Down the Hall is a Drag, Paranormal Activity. Sam, you know, the, these nominees were the, the, we tried to pull out uh, the scariest scenes that we could think of from these movies. Um, what do, what do they bring back for you? What are your thoughts? Every single one of these nominees unlocks our like deepest rooted fears. It makes you feel like you're seven years old again, hiding in your bed from the monster that is outside that you can't see. So it starts off with the demon behind the door with the, there's the two sisters in the conjuring sharing a bedroom. One of them can see a shadowy figure, a man standing behind her door. And so yep. she's screaming and she's pointing and her other sister's like, what? I don't, what do you see? I don't see it. What is there? And she's like, no, it's there. I see him. We we've already, she first, she checked under her bed and there was that very creepy, you know, upside down view, like as if you were hanging on the side of your bed, looking underneath it. And so she's down there mm -hmm. looking, which, you know, when you're seven years old, afraid in your bed, What's the first thing you're like, there's something under my bed. I know it's yep. there. I don't want to look. look. I don't, don't want to look. look. She looked. And then she got up from, from underneath and she sees the man behind the door. We don't see the man behind the door, but she sees the right. man. And the hysteria that she is expressing what she sees, just that it just really gets us all riled up. We like yeah. something's there and we can't do anything about it. Same movie, The Conjuring. The next nominee is with the mom, Carolyn. 
who we established was one of the fighters. Now, in this scene, she has she she heard a noise in the cellar. She she in the cellar, yeah. She opens the door to investigate, but before she can turn and leave the cellar, the door slams behind her, and she tumbles like head over heels down the Tumbelina stairs. Tumbelina Carolyn, yeah, that is her. Tumbelina away down into the cellar. She's freaked out. Right, she's alone. There's creepy noises happening everywhere. She turns and she sees a kid's like a ball like a little bouncy ball fly out of nowhere from behind some boxes towards her from the shadows and that yeah. moment that was my that was my uh brianna moment where i was like nope fuck that <laughs> get the fuck out of the basement right now uh she's scrambling she gets herself to the top of the stairs she's like freaking out hyperventilating and all we see yeah, are two hands she's lighting one match at a time that's it she lights the match yeah, she's one match yep. to try to see yes and so it's focused on what's in front of her Go ahead. that's right yeah. yes yes no these are good details and all we can see is her face in the darkness and from behind her two hands come next to her cheek and they go and we hear the double clap that they had been playing when they played the uh, blindfolded game of trying to find one another in the house. Hide and clap. Hide Worst and game. clap. Somebody uh, don't do is it. behind don't play her it. and we can't see who it is. So scary. Okay, and then the next two nominees are both from Paranormal Activity. So there's the scream, the silence, and the footsteps at the end of the movie. This is the final scene when the uh, uh, what's the girl's name? Uh, the main character. Katie. Katie. There's Katie and there's Mika. Katie possessed disappears from the room we hear this blood curdling scream from outside the bedroom and it goes on for seconds like too many seconds the boyfriend mika wakes up when he hears the scream darts out of the bedroom races to go find her there's more screams and then suddenly everything goes silent totally silent we can't see what happened mm -hmm. we have no idea what is going on with the two of them who's dead who's alive who's been hurt who's okay and then the next thing we hear are just footsteps. Footsteps coming up the stairs, getting a little bit closer. I can feel the thing inside of my TV screen looking back at me from the top yeah. of the stairs. Even though... But you can't see it. I can't see it. And even though I'm not in the movie, I'm on the other side of the screen, I can feel it looking at me. So scary. Yeah. Ooh, and then, of course, the body gets thrown at the camera. I think that uh, the the silence leading up to that was the most scary part. But the next thing yeah. we see is Mika's body being hurled at the camera, and then uh, the the demon Katie sniffing his body and then approaching the camera before he goes black in the end of the movie. Yeah. But the last nominee, there was a lot of build up here. These nominees, yeah. they're like, oh, and but then the last one, but the last one. The last nominee was sliding sliding down the hall is a drag and what a drag <laughs> it was. So this was such a mystery. Katie, this was before that final scene. Katie and Mika are laying in bed together and we see her bed sheet billows up and folds over her to expose her leg. Her leg is then jerked. She falls violently out of the bed and we see there's nothing there. There's literally nothing there. We can see nothing but we see her leg being pulled as if there was somebody there. And she is gets dragged out of the bedroom, down the hallway, screaming bloody murder. She disappears down the hallway. Her boyfriend, of course, wakes up, goes chases after her. He can't wrestle 
her free from whatever we can't see that's dragging her. But later it is revealed after he gets her back into the bedroom and holds her. The next morning we see she has a bite mark in the side of yeah. her body. Some bite, we can't recognize what kind of teeth or pattern this is. Clearly something that we have never seen before. That is our fourth nominee for the best scare-filled scene in the scariest movies. And they're all, all the, I mean, they're the scariest scenes, right? They got us the most um, chill-inducing scenes. And, oh, wait, I'm getting, I'm getting word. Yep, votes have been counted. Yep. Oh, oh, it was a close one. It was a close one. Oh, gosh. Um, and the award goes to for best scare-filled scene in the scariest movies. If you couldn't tell by which one of the uh, descriptions Sam gave was the most dramatic, <laughs> the award goes to Scream, Silence, and Footsteps, Paranormal Activity. I think most people probably could have guessed uh, if they, you know, assuming that you all listened to last episode, that scene was the one that simultaneously gave Sam and I chills. Um, I think the chills for me, though, came after she came in the room. So it oh, built up. Yeah. She walks in with blood covered her and she gets like her, she gets down on all fours and she's sniffing his body and her face in that point is a little bit contorted, yes. but like because of video quality, you can't really see it. And I'm trying to see, uh, and that just like chills, uh, it gave us both chills. Um, and so, I mean, that was kind of, we could have guessed that would have been the winner. Um, but all the nominees did a great job of bringing the scare. Um, but that one just, you know, outperformed the rest. It really did. It really, it really delivered. And when I need a little bit of self scare, like Amazon Prime. Oh, good reference. Yes, like Amazon Prime. If you missed that one, I don't even remember which episode that reference was. But uh, guaranteed to deliver. I was talking about eighties uh, slasher films when I, we were doing some, the, the you were picking. Good memory. I said they were guaranteed. Wow. Delivers. Well, I was about to say the true I don't fans, remember much. The true fans will will know what we're talking about. Um, but whenever I'm in the need for some self scare, this is this mm. is where I'll turn. The paranormal is yeah. where it is. That's where it's at. That's where it's at. Um, well, ladies and gentlemen, we're down to the final category oh. for this award show and and this is one that i'm most excited about um this is why we watch horror films nothing that we've said previously we don't care about the performances we don't care about the villains we don't care about the best scary mo moments okay those are all lies we care about all of them but there had to be a last category and this one is it and this category is best death scene in a horror film this this category was chosen based on multiple criteria, both uh, creativity, the the how gratifying it was, uh, and the and the category was best death scene in a horror film, and the nominees are a taste of Stephanie, Evil Dead Rise, You're Grounded, Up in a Woodchipper, Evil Dead Rise. Dance Run, Chop Chop, Megan, Glenn's Bloody Fear Fountain, Nightmare on Elm Street, Hanging Out with Your Lungs Out, Midsomar, Bears, Boyfriends, and Barn Fires, Midsomar, Mama, Saint Sebastian, Carrie. 
I'm the most proud of these names. Um, I, you could tell my creative uh, juices were flowing a little bit uh, towards towards the end of these these nominees. But Sam, Sam, break it down. These are the best death scene in a horror film. Oh. Uh, yeah, there's so many, so right? Many. Obviously, uh, you know, there's there's limited villains. We like some villains. We don't like others. We like some performers. We don't. But like, there's always going to be death yes. scenes, except for in The Shining, there was only one. But in most cases. There's plenty to choose yes. from. So lots of competition yes. here. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yes. Um, so many good death scenes. I mean, we were looking for, we were looking for creativity. We were looking for, uh, you know, gratifying death scenes where after the death, we're like, yes, finally. Um, and so there was, there was, there was, there was a lot of great choices. Very competitive field. A taste of Stephanie and Evil Dead Rise. We've mentioned this. So Stephanie, if you forgot, the character of Stephanie was simply the head of a baby doll who had been placed on top of a wooden, like a broomstick type thing. And at some point, Stephanie gets broken in half and there's a sharp end to the broomstick. And so to defend herself against her older sister who has been possessed by a demon, our young character takes Stephanie and stabs her sister through the mouth through her entire skull and then the the other half of Stephanie comes out on the back end of her head. It's gory and violent and mm. shocking and quite creative. And just Stephanie herself wasn't, you know, it wasn't like she was just a broomstick. She was she her, her own character. You could say Stephanie might have Stephanie might have been an unsung hero for <laughs> that's for true. Movie. Had she been a real character, she might have been. She might have been an unsung hero. I mean she had a name. So, yes, that was uh, our first nominee. The second nominee, also from Evil Dead Rise, you're grounded, dot, 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 up in a wood chipper, was, um, you know, it was the story of, of teamwork and survival. We had established at this point that the demon that had, that had, been, that had possessed uh, our other friends, our family, the deadites, the deadites, the deadites that's yeah. right, the deadites, um, could not be killed by any normal means, right? I, they learned through the uh, the vinyl recordings of priests in the past who dealt with deadites that simply chopping them into a couple pieces, I and mean, you could cut their head off, you could cut their arms off. They're gonna still find a way. They don't. They don't just die. They somehow yeah. keep chasing you and trying to do you harm. They keep coming. They keep coming. Dead by dawn. Dead by dawn. And, then, and so throughout the movie, we're thinking there's no hope. There's no escape because no matter what you do, these things are going to keep coming until we make it to the garage and we realize that there is a wood chipper. A wood chipper is not just going to chop your head off. It is going to grind your entire body into nothingness. And that is what uh, our two remaining characters uh, do is they stuff the beast yeah. into the wood chipper and uh, not only was it an act of survival, but they had to work together. It was an act of teamwork. It was teamwork. Yeah. Quite inspirational. It was. And it was very grat and gratification. Yeah. Very gratifying. Yeah. I think the mom's the, the mom's head was said something at the end and she kicks it. She like kicks it, stuffs yeah. it with her boot into the wood yeah. chipper. So yep. good. Um, OK, the third nominee, Megan. Dance Run Chop Chop. Oh, boy. <laughs> we love dance run chop chop remind me chris is this the scene where she does the dance the famous dance the dance she dances she pulls the blade off she runs and a chop chop chop, chop. to guy in the elevator really yeah. creative use of just a basic um office 
products she takes the 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 one of those uh paper slicer blades paper yeah she just yeah. rips that yeah. thing off and uh remind okay see i'm missing some details help me fill in the details here the guy who she stabs on the elevator with the paper cutter why did we mm-hmm. want what what was it about him that we were like oh he's a sh- oh i don't I- I don't think we cared that he died. Oh. It was just, you know, the the execution of it all. Okay. Yeah. I don't think we had anything against the execution him. I also, of it all, you say. Yeah, yeah. You like <laughs> what I did there on accident. Um, I actually don't remember the name of that guy's character, but I don't think that him particularly okay. did we have you I know, we weren't like something. I thought he was like an annoying executive or or had done something. He probably Oh, I was forgot. he the executive? I don't remember. I forgot. Yeah, there's a uh hey, you know what? Uh Listeners, go back and find out and tell us how everything we missed. Yeah, uh, in the yeah, comments. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're, yeah. Everyone who's listening is like, how like, could you, you forget? Did you not pay attention? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're, this is the second time we've forgotten something from Megan. Maybe we should rewatch it. Okay. Yeah, well, we should watch the unrated version. The, oh, that we should. We talked about the fact that we they should. changed. But we're digressing yes, from the yes. category. Okay, the category. Sorry, because everyone's dying to know who's, who wins. Okay, so the next nominee from Nightmare on Elm Street was Glenn's Bloody Fear Fountain. Now, this was when Glenn, old sleepy boyfriend, old old sleepy Johnny, Johnny Depp, Depp um, just couldn't keep himself awake. And he gets sucked into the bed, kind of like the mom does later. But he doesn't yeah. stay in the bed. His remains come out of the bed. Well, it's not really his remains. It's just yeah. his blood. And we learned about it's like blood diarrhea. Blood diarrhea. And the fountain effect was actually kind of cool is what we talked about. It was like. Mm-hmm. Oh, how did they do that? And it turns out the way they did that was they had a rotating room and it rotated upside down and then they poured blood out from the top, which looks like it's coming from the bottom and it just yep. flows out. Um, so that was one gratifying death. Creative death, you might you might say. Hanging out with your lungs out from Midsommar. We have two nominees for Midsommar. Hanging out with your lungs out is when the guy goes into the little wooden building, the little shack, and he sees some barn or something, and he sees the other guy has been, like, splayed out, naked. He's, like, hanging from the ceiling, from the wall. He's, like, tied up to the walls, and he's face down, and his back has been torn open, and his lungs have been taken out of his body and somehow, like, put on display, and we see the lungs. They're, like, expanding with air and compress it like it's like yeah. he's still alive he's still breathing even though his lungs have been taken out of his body shocking disturbing yeah. and the most fun part about it is when he turns around and then he has a little bit of a some of that uh paralysis dust thrown into his face yeah. and then well we all know what happens after that which is the next nominee actually <laughs> bears <laughs> boyfriends and barn fires so after he's been paralyzed he gets stuffed into a bear suit, an actual bear, dead bear. All An actual gutted, gutted bear. bear. Yeah. He's inside of the bear. He gets taken in. Well, he's put on display and they ask his now ex-girlfriend to choose a victim to be part of the uh, ritual sacrifice. And she's like, I choose mm-hmm. you, Pikachu. And so he gets wheeled into the sacrificial barn temple and they light the entire thing on fire with all of the other people who are involved in the sacrifice, some still living, some dead. He's paralyzed, so he can't move. Mm-hmm. He can't speak, but he can still feel what's going on. He yep. knows that he is yep. about to meet his end, and that is that nomination. The final nominee for Best 
death scene in a horror film goes to the mother of none other than our hero, Carrie. I say should say our villain, Carrie, who yeah. uh, she Carrie uses her telekinetic powers to send the knives from the kitchen across the room. This is after her mother literally stabbed her in the back. She has yeah. to defend herself yeah. against her crazy mother. She sends the knives into her mother. She gets sort of almost like crucified against the wall with her hands out and a lot of the arrows like impaling her and her torso. And she looks just like the little statue of St. Sebastian that Carrie has in her little, uh, you know, chamber under the stairs that she gets locked into. And uh, so that is Mama St. Sebastian. So many good nominees. So many good nominees. But... You know, the award can only go to one. This was um so this was a tough, you know, tough one because there's so many good options and so many good ones. We really had to unpack um, all of these death scenes. Yeah, and, and figure out like which one met every mark of creativity and gratification and just, you know, maybe some gore that we enjoyed, some fun, some, you know, all of it. But without further ado, here we are on the last category and the winner for best death scene in a horror movie goes to your grounded up in a wood chipper evil dead rise. I was just cheering. Like I had won. Uh, I obviously cheer. I, I, we I could did cheer not for them. We could yeah, start celebrating. Yeah. Yes. I, I think that like, when you talk about gratification, this movie, like they don't stop. And you have the monster. She uses the. She's got the chainsaw, yeah. and she just gets oh, him in I there, and like ah, the chainsaw. Right? Yes. Yeah. So, so that I think you know brought the most gratification. All of these were were good death scenes, um, but but you know nothing really topped that. I think the blood everywhere. It's like end of yeah. cabin in the woods. I, for something about, and I don't know what it is, but something about the movies when they're just covered in blood to an excess, right? Literally blood coated everything like Carrie. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I'm here for it yeah. and I don't, and it's not even a gore thing. And we haven't, we haven't even tapped into a gore theme mm -hmm. yet, you know, well, see what comes next season, but, um, <laughs> get your, get your vomit bag ready. Oh, no, I'm just boy. kidding. Uh, I, I, I hope I'm kidding anyway, but, but the, like the blood covering everything, like those scenes, I, I, that's I think that's part of what made Evil Dead rise so fun. Yes. Uh, but that's why that scene at that point, it's just balls of the wall. There's so much like, energy. You're just like, so yeah. you're like cheering. the callbacks to the previous yeah. movies are in that. Mo yeah. And so it was just so, so great. Now, I, I have to get I have to throw out a quick notable mention for Bears, Boyfriends and Barn Fires. One, because yep. my, yep. a great name for a nominee. But that was also yeah. it was sick and twisted and creative and also gratifying. Yeah. And you're just like. I can't believe I'm celebrating the death of another human, but it's this like weird revenge fantasy and just yep. what a, I mean that what a close second that was. And it's, and well, and it's tied to like her character's release of her despair. Yeah. Like Danny's know, free. Um, she's free. Now we, I, we had a, that was a tough choice between those two. And the reason we mm -hmm. chose you're grounded up is because bears, boyfriends and barn fires while very creative was ultimately about mm -hmm. revenge. Uh, you're grounded right. up was ultimately about teamwork and survival and survival. Yeah. So yep. that one yeah. shown through. So ladies and gentlemen, that's it. Uh, we do have a few more honorable mentions. Uh, so, you know, a few, 
would-be categories that maybe there wasn't enough nominees, right, to really give it out. And you guys don't have all all night to be here while we give out more awards. Uh, so a few of these honorable mentions go to most uh, unclever product placement goes to The Shining. We talked about it a little bit, but in that pantry, all the cans of product placement that were all over the place, which was actually really fun, but also like not sly at all. Um, yeah, uh, cans for days, um, but fun for us to identify and unpack. Um, no pun intended. Um, the most captivating opening sequence, mm. two movies in the category. We talked about it this season, Evil Dead Rise, that opening scene, the 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 words coming yeah. up behind the mountains, and you're just like, oh yeah, they're bringing it for this movie, and I'm here for it. Um, and the that that the and drone Midsommar. scene, yes. Oh yeah, the drone scene. Um, and so between that and Midsommar, of course, we talked about that first ten minutes and that gruesome, gruesome scene um, that really just had you sitting there, like gripping your popcorn, like frozen on the way to your mouth, like, oh god, this is this is some shit. Um, so most captivating opening scene, uh, worst twins because twins are evil and we hate oh them. Oh my gosh. Uh, we're giving them a, an honorable mention for the shining and the witch. Yep. Uh, the, the, at least the ones in the shining, like died. Say much. <laughs> yeah. I guess the ones in the witch, evil twins. Yeah. You know, we, yeah, you, we don't, we never found that's out. Okay. Um, but I'm okay yeah. with it. Yeah. We didn't we need, to, need see to see them know. again. Um, and then the final two honorable mentions, go to the overall most enjoyable experience. And we both agreed evil dead rise. Mm -hmm. It was just so fun. Mm -hmm. It not tied to us going to a theater, but that might've been it, but I watched it again and I still just love it. I just love the movie. Some of these movies I really enjoy, but something about a lot of funny moments. Yeah. And well, and I think it brings in the genre. We talked about it. There's the creepy moments, her crawling on the wall. There's the blood filled moments. There's the gore moments. There's the campy moments. Uh, to me, I just thought it was just a really well done. It was done. a lot of fun. Uh, and finally, uh, finally, last honorable mention, scariest movie this season. We know it. Sam still having nightmares. Paranormal activity. Paranormal activity. So yeah. many good, so many good movies. Well, so just to wrap us up, the there were three movies that really stood above the rest in terms of the number of nominations and the number of wins. There was Evil Dead Rise, which we just said, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, nominated yeah. six times for awards tonight, and it won two, two of those awards. Then we had, well um, done. yeah, yeah, Train to Busan, nominated for six awards, and it won three. And mm. then uh, the movie that just couldn't be beat, Midsommar, uh, a full yeah. seven nominations. And actually, I guess it tied with Train to Busan with three wins. But uh, Evil Dead Rise, Midsommar, and Train to Busan were the crowning movies of the evening. Yeah. It's funny, uh, you know, since we kind of started this project and we've started tapping into, like, other projects that are similar. I mean, you you talked about, you know, Too Scary Didn't Watch and then revisiting Midsommar and that being their first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we came to it later in the season, but people have opinions about it. And it's on, like, people are, it's it's everywhere. Um you know, people are definitely watching it. Uh, at the time of this recording, I think Megan is our most listened to episode, which kind of makes sense, I think, from the virality of it. Of the movie. Um, but yeah, Midsommar, of, of the dance oh, in the right, movie. Right. Yeah, I think just because everyone knows it. And so that, you know, 
Uh, but I think Midsommar, like it's all over the place. Like it comes up on every, I was listening to a new podcast the other day um, that I really enjoy and they uh, were doing some games and it's funny, like they were doing all these different like quiz things and, and most, a lot of the movies that they mentioned were movies that ended up already in our season. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, yeah. well, that's, you know, happy coincidence. But Midsommar of course was one that people just talked well, we, about. We talked about how the shining is like a cultural phenomenon. Like there's so many references and yeah. pop culture to the shining. It's like an iconic film. I kind of wonder if Midsommar will become that for this era. Will it become like one of the iconic horror films that then gets, has like pieces of it introduced into other uh, elements of pop culture? It'll be interesting to see. Well, it's also, you know, and obviously we don't know what, you know, 50 years from now or whatever will look like or 40. There's so many movies out there these days. Which ones are the ones that are going to stick in people's head, right? Which ones are the ones in 40 years, you know? um paranormal activity we said is 15 16 years old um and i don't know that it popped in my head as oh i bet that's gonna hold up but it did but i've had a lot of time to kind of but you're right but but midsummer is one of those that i think a lot of people saw that don't necessarily watch scary movies so it kind of bridges some gap between genres um also i think evil dead rise the last one uh, that came out in 2013, uh, at some point I'm going to go back and watch it, but I don't remember it, but I'm going to remember this one, you know? So I, I'll be curious to see how this one, as it continues to be available for streaming and, and, you know, I'm sure other, other channels and other people are going to watch it. So I'll be curious to see what their, what their take is. Well, shall we wrap it up? Let's do it. I think it's time to bring this night to a close. All right. Well, Friday night friends, that's it for this bonus season one wrap-up and first annual awards ceremony. Thanks for joining us. Uh, it's been a blast. In case you didn't know, uh, we're trying to continue to grow our community, uh, and you can help us do that by leaving us a review. So if you're still here, mm -hmm. then that means you've stuck around all season and all episode, and it's been a long one. So your feedback is extra important, uh, and we want to hear from you. So do us a favor. Head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review and tell us what you want to hear more of next season. Uh, also, if you have an idea for a movie theme, send us an email to scarymoviefrightnightpod at gmail.com and use the subject line theme. Um, if you're feeling spicy, do both of those things. Um, but we want to hear from you. We want your input. We want to make sure that, that we're producing stuff that you want to hear. And the only way we're going to know that is if you tell us what you want more of. So thanks again for joining us. Until next time, friends, this is Chris. And this is Sam. Take care and self-scare. getting all dressed up for this award show and check it out this is a real bow tie like i hand tied this thing myself see i untie it oh how about yours oh that's fancy yeah, like that? yeah no it's 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 real too uh oh let me see uh can you untie it oh yeah i i can unclip oh, it oh it's also fancy I, yeah thanks <laughs> see you next season